way. That's clean, baby. <laughs> them waves. <laughs> what is your hat? Petit Petitois? Petitois. Yeah, it's a restaurant. That's the fanciest thing you For own. For French dude. people. Uh-huh. That's yeah, it. a hat. Mm-hmm. Fanciest That's thing the you fanciest own. thing I own. <laughs> I feel like you're a sous chef and you've never told anybody. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I'll sue a chef. <laughs> Into the fucking ground, dude. <laughs> hey, everybody. Welcome to the 500 Greatest Films Podcast. My name is Hector Navarro. And sitting across from me is my good buddy, Mr. Keller Knobloch. Say hi, Keller. Hi, Hector. How are you? I'm so good. Our guest today is a three-time returning. Three-time returning. Is this third time back? I think this is twice yeah. back. No, this twice is third back? time back. Oh, really? Okay. Third, third time yeah. back. Walk Should me through it, Keller. We'll walk, we'll walk you through you it. But you, I know you picked Kiss Case Bang Bang when you watched Brick and Clash Clash Bang Bang when you watched Brick with us. Uh-oh. And then... You picked Winter Soldier when you watched. I can't remember what movie you watched last year. Well, you're not going to find it in there. It's in here. Or something. I'll remember based off just looking at the movie. <clears throat> just looking at the movie. It was probably no one of the superhero genre. It was X two. No oh, or, it was X two. Yeah, it was. Yeah, mm-hmm. but that was still. This is my second time returning. My right. third time on the show. So that means you're part of the three timers club. Okay, three that. time. Okay. Does so the your jacket fit? Mm-hmm. Yes. How do you like that jacket? Okay, it's great. It's yeah. plaid, just it's like all the other clothes that I wear. Just want everybody to know, it's Keller and I. One jacket. For everybody, Keller and I making these jackets every episode. We yeah. are in heavy debt. Yeah, we um, are. But we are making them ourselves, though. Yeah, but you're learning true. a trade skill. We've that's learned true. to sew. We've learned to recycle Ralph's paper bags. Um, I think it looks <laughs> Make nice. Make them into jackets. Yeah. yeah. You finally reached the Ralph's gear. It yeah. does look nice. It doesn't <laughs> feel nice, nor is it durable or true. smell great. Okay, but fair enough. Is, fair enough. You're supposed to frame it. But what our guest, jacket for? you know, don't get it wet. You know, from the internet, he mm-hmm. was for for many, many, many years our chief on Dick and Johnson, the fun still a chief show. in my heart, still a chief in my heart too. Mm-hmm. Uh, and he is uh, uh, making lots of moves in Hollywood right now. <laughs> Thanks. Yeah, <laughs> it's true. I, I, just, I am a I am a freelance maker. producer. That's what it is. I didn't know what I could say yeah, I or not say. Produce a lot of freelance. You so make moves in mm-hmm. Hollywood. Freelance, mm-hmm. freelance producer Sax Carr is our guest. Everybody. Hi, everybody. Thank you so much for coming back, Sax. Thank you so much for having me back and for having me back for one of my favorite films of all time, oh. which I, I guess makes sense as I picked it when I was yes. here last. Yes, true, but some people yes. pick movies they don't like. That's mm-hmm. true. I like those episodes, too. So, yeah. Sax, you know the drill, baby. We got two you traditions. Drill, baby. <laughs> two traditions. <laughs> the first one, uh, you just, you know, you're a freelance producer, so I have to talk to you like a producer, baby. <laughs> Uh, come on, Bubula, baby. So We'll make it work. We'll make it work. Keller is going to tell us what movie we're talking about tonight. And then the second tradition, mm-hmm. like last time and the time before, maybe not even the time before, but last time, definitely, we're going to ask you by the end of the episode to contribute any brand new movie ever mm-hmm. to our new list of the 500 greatest movies that we have been yeah. compiling every single week. I definitely did it both times. Great. Um, so, Keller... We're here with Sax Carr. Yeah. You've got the magazine in front of you. Yeah. Please, can you ask for Stuffy? The scene just now. Yeah, I'm setting it. Thank. Yeah. Can you please hey, you're ask? You're here too. Huh? You're here too. Include I'm here yourself. too. We're here, but you're here. But specifically, can you ask your buddy, Stuffy British guy, to read the blurb for us tonight about what movie we're talking about? Mm-hmm. Okay. What movie are we talking about tonight, Stuffy British guy? Three hundred and ninety-seven. Night of the Living Day. You're going to be doing this forever. 1968. I'll be British by the end of it. (laughs) It'll be a full-on swap. Director George A. Romero. (laughs) The greatest zombie film ever made. 
stripped of the cackle and glee of modern horror, mm-hmm. this plays its emotions and viscera straight. The lo-fi feel adding to the unease. Mm, I interesting. I agree with some of it. It's just tough because you can't... Let's break down that blurb. Can you... Say, I'd say it's stripped of the cackle and glee oh, of right. modern horror. That well, no, is, I like that a lot. There's that was, no cackles, no very glee, little yeah. glee, very I, little glee. I assume I'm with Hector here when I say that. Can you give them all this credit for essentially that was the only movie they could afford to make anyway? It right. also started the zombie genre in many ways. So it's like, of course, it's the greatest because it had nothing else to compare itself to. Yeah, and it's that conversation of is Action Comics number one the greatest comic book ever made just because it was 1938 and it gave us Superman and had a lot of great Superman stuff in it. I'm like, no, I think other superhero comic books and comic books have surpassed it, like issues of comics have surpassed it. But This is way better than the first issue of Action Comics. (laughs) This movie's way better. Action Comics was in color, bro. But I I do think... Oh, I forgot about that. Um... I think the I think though that the, the, the blurb is correct in that it, it is the best zombie film of all time, and it's correct in that is it has. It? A, I think it is. Is it? I do think it is. What are the what, what are the zombie films do you like better? Yeah, I don't, it's not about what I like. That's not what we're saying. We're saying is it the greatest of all time? Because what are the greatest? Well, that's this the, so is up there. Twenty eight the, days later is now up 28 there. Twenty eight days 20, later, yeah, okay. Shaun of the okay. Dead is now up there. Shaun of the Dead. Mm-hmm. I thought also up there. a deconstruction of the entire genre. But do it we counts. count that? Yes, maybe. <laughs> well, that, okay. So I was going to say, like, I you know, to, to sort of frame why I'm here, um, I love zombie movies. But okay. the real truth of it is, the zombie genre is a really diverse and interesting one in terms yeah. of what a zombie movie is. Um, and correct me if I'm wrong. Like most of it is bad, but that's yeah, what makes yeah. it charming and and fun. The I genre. Would, the... I would say most of the modern zombie films are bad, mm. and, and not not like in that sort of like hipster mm-hmm. sort of way, but like in that what made zombie movies so compelling when they first started coming onto the scene was that sort of inevitability thing. It's just like there's a lot of zombies, you can't win against mm-hmm. all of them. Okay, you have so very little resources, and so and now modern zombies like they're faster, they're stronger. Yeah. Everyone gets infected like in an hour and a half, and it yeah. turns over the entire country in a second question for you because i want to try yeah. to define this when does the modern era begin because like this is we are all we can all agree yeah. this is the first so yeah. 1968 is when like the zombie on a movie screen is kind of invented even though i'm sure that zombie historians are listening right now and being like no well actually there was this movie before that where people were undead you know whatever well, the, whatever uh, okay but, the and for the very also goes vocal as as, like, zombie of- contingency <laughs> listening to this podcast yeah Fuck off. (laughs) Okay. Stop commenting. Keep Um, it to yourself. But also, we do like to know those facts. So thank you for telling us. That's cool. I, you know, but as we all know, there were, there were um, like voodoo zombie movies earlier than this. And there were, there probably were movies where dead humans were alive. But Mm -hmm. I feel like, and this movie calls them ghouls, as we commented. Mm -hmm. Frankenstein. So like there's, (laughs) I think this was the sort of like horde of zombies, like the, the, the framework that we understand of a zombie film really started here i'd say probably the 80s i would say was modern most of the zombie movies i mean and the bulk of them are like italian through the 60s and 70s mm-hmm. are very similar to this i mean there is definitely an italian zombie movie where the zombies like can operate machine guns and it's really cool. weird and kind of out there honestly as it should be um <laughs> and it's a movie where the zombies like take over a plane at one point and then they land it get out and like attack the city and then get back on the plane and cool. fly it somewhere else um I Are think. they talking to air traffic control? <laughs> um, so it, it's it's uh, but I think you know by the eighties like movies were getting faster and more like right. sort of more aesthetic and then also 
uh, you sort of had the technology creep where it's like, well, now there are car phones and mm-hmm. everyone knows where this, and you know, and mm-hmm. people can get all this news in this way, or they have this technology, or people are armed more, or whatever it was. It was just it, you had to make the zombies had to be more more dangerous. Correct. Um, and when you just said technology creep, I also thought you meant like CG. Oh, or like yeah. that's another side of new modern zombie movies like I Am Legend, World War Z, World War Z <laughs> where there's just CG hordes of, you know, yeah. zombies and, and people, cr- you know, making like anthill type like structures to knock over walls and stuff. It's this, crazy. This may not be as entertaining as I think it is in my brain, but so what, what really interestingly happens with the zombie genre is um, very famously George Romero and another guy whose name I don't remember. Um, were the, were the <laughs> Phil major, up. <laughs> yeah, Phil. Um, they were the creators of this movie. Right? Yeah. And so, yeah. but they went their separate ways and they somehow decided that George Romero would take the um, blank of the dead, Mm-hmm. Sort of naming convention. Dawn of the Dead, Dawn Day, of the of the dead, dead. Day of the Dead. And the other guy would take the Living Dead name. So mm. Return of the Living Dead or whatever. Mm-hmm. And the Living Dead films became very cartoonish. So mm-hmm. all a lot of the things that we think of as zombie tropes came from those movies. So it's like yeah, saying brains, like brains. Yeah. Um, to, to an extent, having to destroy the head, although that's in this movie too. Um, like a lot of the zombie trips, but also they also got bigger and stranger then. So you, you have a lot of the Tom Savini, like sort of walking desiccated corpses. You have mm. like the, I think like the oil man. You have like, and then in later oh, version. Oh yeah. yeah, what's the oil man from? It, it Return of the Living Dead or one of those where like they have a guy in a drum who like basically I think he's the oil man something like that or tar man and he comes out and he's like melted tar and like man. so like all the zombies like the zombies like get more dead yeah meanwhile in, in a lot of ways the the day of the dead whatever like those zombies sort of stay well to an extent until you get to the uh, dawn of the dead mm-hmm. like those um or the other way around, um, those uh, those zombies stay a little more conventional. And so it's like there, there's a lot of different people sort of contributing to mm. the genre. It's not like vampires, which which stayed largely unmutated Un- yeah. until like the late 90s when yeah. everyone's like, ooh, now we're going to really change it up. Mm-hmm. And I don't think it was ever changed up for changing it up's sake. Mm-hmm. It was like an actual for lack of a better term, artistic evolution in zombie yeah. on screen. People were just like, now these zombies are like green. Why not? You know, and or the, now they're caused by a gas or now they're this or now it's caused by the solenum virus or whatever. It was filmmaking decisions. It yeah. wasn't just for the F of it. It was like... It wasn't know. just we need to set ourselves apart from 10 other movies coming right, out this, right, this, right, this right. summer. Uh, um, yeah. And I think that the modern zombie era, I mean, it, if, if, if it not the 80s, then... Mm-hmm. Um, 28 days later where you start seeing yeah. fast zombies yep. and the whole like fast zombie genre and then like this sort of like zombies as crazies where they're like mm-hmm. they're really intelligent really strong very fast mm-hmm. like completely and totally overwhelming and there's already hundreds of them the second like everything they're, starts they're all on PCP they're all <laughs> yeah. you know yeah, yeah. And, and that's just it's not a bad genre but the problem with that genre is that you really have it, while there are still a horde of them it just doesn't have that sort of like slow mm-hmm. we're just not going to make get through this this week or month it's mm-hmm. more like well we got an hour and a half until they back until they like smash the doors down mm-hmm. you know like there's that scene in in um uh not i am legend well i am legend is a good example of this too but but the, the scene in the um the brad pitt one which just world war z world war z where like the zombies just like run up over a big wall mm-hmm. and, like, yeah mass together top of each other, like, yeah mm-hmm. it, it's it, the if that movie had been, if that movie had been based more on its source book, which is very, very good by Max Brooks, mm-hmm. but also if that movie had been like in the seventies, eighties, that just the wall would have been there, and there would have been millions of zombies outside of it, but they're not going anywhere, and the people inside are just like, well, eventually we're not going to have food, 
Like yeah. they'll never get through the wall. Yeah. But we but will. We can't ever leave. So yep. like we're just fucked. Yep. And like that's really compelling storytelling. And what happens there is the enemy becomes other people. That's right. Which is clearly seen in this movie where not mm-hmm. there's a whole racism thing which you definitely talk about, but like just in general the people in the house just disagree, mm-hmm. and then they get into fights, and then they're like you know, and they're shooting each other, and it's just like well. I, you know, it's like when you you and your friends always like plan how to survive survive a zombie movie. If you guys all plan together and you're like all a bunch of nerds and you agree that everyone has to like take a different door or whatever, sure, you'll do fine. You'll do fine. But if you're ten strangers, but yeah, will you, will you yeah. it's not a D and D campaign. Like it's <laughs> yeah. you know, yeah. By the way, what is y'all's survival plan for real? Uh, I'm gonna take it from Max Brooks's other book, mm. uh, which is called The Complete Zombie Survival Guide, and I mm-hmm. highly recommend it. Um, Max Brooks talking to Mel Brooks, which is really cool. Um, it go up, you you get as much supplies as you can, mm-hmm. and you go up a staircase and destroy the staircase because zombies are just not good climbers. They can fall downstairs, they can fall into a hole, they can fall into a basement, mm-hmm. but they just can't. And you can usually get back out of it if you have to by like dropping down. But like you, if if you go up and you prevent them from being able to follow you, then you're generally fine. That's pretty good. Yeah, that's a good plan. But I mean, Kelly? again, you eventually still die. Cause yeah, inevitability. You need food. Boat? Are you going on a boat? What I'm are you doing? Fucking, I'm going to kill them all. Oh, that's pretty good. I'll just kill all the zombies. My plan would be I need a fortified location. I need uh, a place that will probably have weapons, maybe communication technology. I'm going to Groom Lake, baby, Area 51. That's my plan. <laughs> my plan's already Not a bad one. Here. That's my plan. Except I'll need to find like a map. Yeah. Where's Groom Lake? Nevada? <laughs> Yeah, I'll need to find like a like a Google tourist. Maps, dude. Just like use your phone. The internet will be down. Dude, once just use your phone. Internet dude. will be down. Once I already zombie. have the entire map of the United States saved, <laughs> saved? my phone. Brilliant. The uh, the Arctic's not a bad option, or like mm-hmm. like places that are very cold. I've mm-hmm. seen the thing. I'm not doing that. Uh, well, <laughs> but if all the monsters are happening all at once, you're definitely not going to win. Um, <laughs> I've seen AVP. I'm not going to the Arctic. That's where um, the Predator Temple yeah. is. Uh, but no, the human body doesn't handle cold space. well, whether you're alive or dead. So That's it's true. like you can really kind of. You know, humans naturally warn themselves, whereas zombies don't necessarily in most most oeuvre mm-hmm. of it. Mm-hmm. Um, but no, I, I want to see a zombie like put yeah. on a parka, <laughs> what, <what's, laughs> like in mittens. Yeah. <laughs> what's compelling about this film is that it's terribly acted. Yes. And yet, it's so human and so interesting. Absolutely. And they're eating gross animals. <laughs> and they're so eating and they're eating a bunch of like uncooked is, barbecue. It is yeah. just like to make the comparison again. Action Comics number one. 1938. Mm-hmm. If you ever read a reprint of that story and actually read what that story is like, they it's crazy how much of Superman and superheroes they got in that first little story. And you watch Night of the Living Dead and you go, man, they got so much of what the zombie genre is in this one movie and how zombies act and what what the threat is and like you're talking about sax that the real danger is like the people arguing with one another and and the 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 scenarios where it's like we need guns and bullets we're out of bullets we need to get a vehicle we're out of the oh it exploded we need mm-hmm. that we need that is so common yeah um yeah it's crazy how much of that they nail or and there's always a character that's like what's their problem well well they're sick why they got bit like that's it's just mm-hmm. they got everything well and and when you watch this movie it's so weird. Like, you know, obviously as a viewer, you can imagine living back in a day where like you had never seen a zombie movie before. Mm-hmm. And so all this stuff is new to you, mm-hmm. but it really read in watching this with you guys that like, you know, even the actors in the scene and they weren't great. So maybe they could have done this anyway. They weren't really aware of the zombie tropes. Right. Like they were really in count. Like, you know, the girls bit downstairs and like, everyone's like, I don't know. Is that a thing? No one, no one's sure. And like one guy, like, what yeah. is it? It's, it's Ben, right? Yeah. He's like, who knows what kind of diseases they carry when he's talking yep. about the zombies, but yep. that's it. 
Yeah, it's crazy. And and it's just it's very it's very new and, and that's that's you know we we were talking about um you asked us during the movie because we found it was made for about 100,000 yeah. change. Yeah. Which is equivalent today to well, around or something. Mm-hmm. Yeah, 114 grand in 1968 is around yeah. a million. Yeah. Maybe less today. A little more than little million, less than a million, a little more than a million. Well, so, that, yeah, that's cuz I did the calculation for 140,000, but this movie was I'm trying, but the internet I only did one search cuz I'm lazy. <laughs> the internet said 140 grand yeah. is a million like $30,000 today. You know the math, just do so it. it. it's but it's almost a million dollars and so yeah. you're like if you have almost a million dollars, how do you make a zombie movie? And there's a lot of good answers to that. We answered some interesting ways. Mm-hmm. Um, but the real question is if you have 100 if you have a million dollars and you can make a movie. Mm-hmm. Like, how do you make a movie that's new? Because right. that's that's that, what happened yeah. there. Yeah, is like somebody made a movie. You know, um, uh, and 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 I'm, I'm not. I'm, I'm definitely not. I may not be right, but I feel like the zombie genre didn't really exist even in books. You yeah, know I mean? like someone yeah. someone literally just they didn't adapt Heckle and you know uh, mm-hmm. uh, Doctor Jekyll and Mister Hyde. Mm-hmm. Um, they they just said we're just going to do a zombie movie. Here's here's how I can shoot this thing for a million dollars equivalent. And because it was so new, it was often it was awesome and revolutionary. And it's yeah. just like you know uh, it, that's that's where it's great. It, it and and that's why I think it you know very much deserves to be higher on this list. Agreed. There's very few of these are genre starters. Agreed. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, and this also this movie looks fucking great. Yeah. yeah. Or at least to, to be fair, like we watched a Criterion like remaster. Like it looks great. We're talking. Looks great. I'm talking about like yeah. the shots though. Right? Yes, you're right. Like, the cinematography. It's well done. Mm-hmm. The film. <laughs> <laughs> it's great. So, mm-hmm. Sax, you already described a, a lot of the good and a lot of the things that make this the arguably the greatest zombie movie ever. I also would agree that I think it needs to be higher on the list. Now, I don't think it's something that necessarily has the same impact today for a first-time viewer than it did in 68, obviously, right. just because the world has changed and zombie movies weren't a thing and now they are. Mm-hmm. But... For the pop culture impact alone, mm-hmm. I think it should rank higher. So keep kind of well, telling us about your overall thoughts. Include the bad and in, in okay. with the good. So just kind of give us your your sort of complete right. overall thoughts. Watching it today, you love this okay. movie. You've seen it a bunch. Where are you? Where do you stand with it right now? Okay. Well, so um, another weird question I have actually about the list because as you guys are experts on the list, yes, yeah, it's like is you know the great train robbery or whatever on this list? Like because in many ways the Michael question. What's that? <laughs> that's the great brain robbery? No, yeah, that's the great brain robbery. Um, because, because that's the thing. is, I, 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 The reason I think it should rank so much higher is because it mm-hmm. does create a genre. I also mm-hmm. think it's still quite watchable. You mm-hmm. were saying you could show it to kids today. Yeah. But like, you know, all of these movies, you know, there are probably a few in this that are like, they restarted the romance genre or like, what is well, the look, notebook? But like, we, but this we've is, had this conversation before and I think... Like okay. Saw's on this list. Saw, the first yeah. Saw. So we talked about the impact Saw had. Versus yeah. Saw was made for a million dollars. It made a hundred million dollars. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Very sure. much the same yeah. game changer type mm-hmm. of like. But Saw as a movie by itself is not the best movie. And I don't mm-hmm. think it's one of the 500 But greatest. I think it's a good uh, parallel. Uh, absolutely. Yeah. absolutely. Especially in the fact that it's like genre yeah. changing. So- Correct. So the movie is good. I mean, obviously, for the 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 really broad strokes, of the movie are like you have these two characters. Mm-hmm. One of them is our lead, is Barbara, or arguably lead. She's basically catatonic through the whole film. Mm-hmm. Uh, Barbara and her brother, um, and they go to put a uh, like a wreath on their father's grave, and there's a zombie there or a, a ghoul, 
And oh, yeah, ghouls. Yeah, they're, they're called ghouls. And they, are, they do kind of act like ghouls in the more like modern canon of what these creatures are. And yeah, it attacks... think about what ghouls are. What the yeah. fuck is a ghoul? I know what a ghoul ghouls is. Like... What's a ghoul? A member of the Knights of Ren. <laughs> Boom. Oh. Nailed it. That's a topical reference. His name is Ghoul. No. One of the guys' Remember his name is Ghoul. In Rise of Skywalker, the Knights of Ren combined, that Stormtrooper was like, the Knights of Ren. And the other one goes, ghouls. Like, they <laughs> called them that. They called them yeah, ghouls? Dude. No, this yeah, predates nope. this predates Star Wars. Yeah, I know. In D and D, there tell me what ghouls <laughs> are. In D and D, like there are flesh eating undead who are not. They're not like fully reanimated corpses. They're like humans who have descended into mm. cannibalism, mm. Um, and they're called ghouls. And that's sort of that. And that's oh. kind of how these feel. They feel very human, which is both mm-hmm. good and bad. That first one you mentioned, that first ghoul dude, tried for the car door, yeah. then picked up a brick or rock and smashed yeah. the window. Like, uh, and when you see him in the graveyard nowadays, thinking about zombie movies, he doesn't. He looks more like an old man who's gotten lost. And you're like, <laughs> and he, which is why you kind of like expect. Like, there's this whole thing where where Johnny is like tormenting Barbara they're coming to get you Barbara which is a really great little moment but then like she like you know like buttons her coat and like walks right by the guy like I'm not scared of you and it's yeah. because she doesn't see him as a zombie yeah. she sees him as just like a random they're, old they're very what human what are zombies yeah. also it could just be a drunk dude in a exactly <laughs> yeah. exactly but uh, yeah they've all kind of passed for very human and we were saying throughout the movie that kind of makes them a little scarier or at least yeah. that's an aspect of, of them in this movie or like having to kill them yeah. Yeah. is scary it's sadder because you're like sadder and scary that's just a guy trying yeah. to grab through a window. Come oh, on. Yeah. And it's one of, he you just know, has some eyeshadow on. To explore, <laughs> to explore the human element of it too, like you talked about how like, you know, there, there are scenes in The Walking Dead where like yeah. these like desiccated corpses and like if, if we were all stuck in a zombie place and like I didn't know you guys and mm-hmm. I saw you kill one of those like weird half bike mm-hmm. corpse things I'd be like that makes sense that's You'd a like, monster good, good. but like if I saw you killing the zombies in Night of the Living Dead yeah. even though I knew they were against us I'd still yeah. be like how can he do like how can he be so yeah. inhuman as to do that and so it sort of like starts it's like you know when one person on your block has like a dirty lawn like eventually you all kind of just do because like <laughs> it's like moral decay in active form yeah. um, so uh, so they end up getting so the, the zombie attacks Barbara her brother saves her but he gets killed because um, he like hits his head on yeah, a gravestone he dies accidentally yeah. Yeah. and then Barbara is like chased back to this house mm-hmm. where a number of survivors have come No, none, none, of, them, none of them are residents of the house mm-hmm. and the key survivor is the other lead character Ben mm-hmm. who is the first lead black lead in anything what? Uh, well not anything in, in a horror film but wow. like the first black horror lead ever that's great and probably high on the list of black leads in anything yeah uh, in the and 60s. i was about to say and he makes it to the no he doesn't that's no. the whole point of yeah. the movies he gets shot in the head <laughs> yeah. at the end so they so they so they all try and survive in the house and they have a lot of disagreements about how to do it do mm-hmm. we go to the cellar do we not mm-hmm. then they have a you know a cockamamie plan to go out and like get gas from the gas pump so they can drive off to where they think safety is and mm-hmm. i think actually is uh that goes wrong because mm-hmm. the kid the kid they do it with is an idiot and like sprays gasoline on a torch or something um and then basically all their you know it all falls apart and finally the power goes out and apparently this, these zombies are photosensitive mm-hmm. so once there's no longer a light in the house to like slightly dissuade them they just and attack the fire on chair fire's yeah. gone out um oh. then they break in and everyone goes you know all them at this point everyone hates each other in the house they all sort of fall to shit um, yeah. and Ben like, shoots a guy yeah, they're fighting over a gun Ben yeah. shoots the guy which I mean I think he's justified as the guy was clearly going to shoot him or maybe I was trying to take yeah. away the yeah. gun I, I'll um, give you that I'll give you that 
It's like, hey, man, yeah. either this guy tries to kill me mm-hmm. while zombies try to kill me, mm-hmm. or I only deal with zombies try to yeah. kill me. And then the little girl who was down in the basement who was sick the whole time, like, wakes up and she eats her mom and dad. Full on yeah. zombie. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, and actually, no, so in the in the remake, there's a remake of this movie, which is equally good, I think. Mm-hmm. Equally? Not, oh, yeah. It, it, I mean, it's not as... It, it doesn't have all the impact culturally. Right, right, right. But, like, it's a really good zombie movie. Okay. And it also, I, I think it. It, it's... It's a little bit more of a modern film in terms of how it tells story, which is another place this kind of falls off. Ooh, sure. Like it feels they're all stage actors and it feels like a stage play and that like they basically take turns like pairing off and being like, here is my history. And mm-hmm. then the person's like, I agree. Also zombies and my history. <laughs> and um, uh, and so this is it's much more organic in the in the, another film. But in that one, um, the the parents go down to the basement and lock themselves in and the girl mm-hmm. reanimates and just eats them both. Mm-hmm. In this one, the guy's already been shot by mm-hmm. Ben. Anyway, so everyone dies but Ben mm-hmm. um, uh, at this point. And then, yeah, Barbara gets taken by her brother because he yep. comes back. So yep. everybody's dead but Ben. And then the Glasses zombies... list but still wearing and, his driving gloves so we know yeah. who he is. <laughs> and, and Ben goes down in the basement, which he's been telling everyone he doesn't want to do this whole time, and locks mm-hmm. himself in. And when he's in there, the zombies all lose interest and wander out of the house. Mm-hmm. And so these like killing squads that just happen, I don't think intentionally actually, but very very poignantly happen to be squads of like white rednecks mm-hmm. are like wandering through shooting all the like zombies. shooting to shoot and, shit. And I have to point this out too. The way that they... On the news, because we see like news clips of them being interviewed, the way that they're talking about how they're going to handle the zombie problem is like Shoot so any racist. Them. Yeah, it's yeah. like so like it feels like it's oh, you guys are just filming white people with guns in the '60s that yeah. like that were in towns that had like racist sheriffs and like, racist yeah. you know. It's like super yeah. racist boss hog and a bunch yeah. of guys. And and so Ben looks out the window to see them like clearing the zombies out. He's got a gun in his hand, but mm-hmm. the 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 mob still but like assumes gun, he's a zombie. No gun would have a I mean, no zombie would have a gun in their well, hand. To be fair, no gun, no gun would have a zombie in its hand. No either, gun so. would have a. Well, in the sequel, the, the guns do get opposable thumbs. So. Um, but uh, so they shoot him, and then so every all of our heroes are dead, and mm-hmm. then it plays a montage out over the end credits of like first post credit scene. Yeah, for well, probably, um, which feels like you know, it just it feels gross. Like there's yeah. something weird and gross about it, and yeah. like you eventually see them throwing all the bodies. Well, they our like grab the him. They come in and grab yep. Ben with fucking meat hooks yep and like throw, throw his body on a fire, fire. Yeah. and it's these black and white images that uh you know i can't imagine what they look like to people in 1968 but when you're somebody who grew up a few decades after that yeah. but still has but you grew up with like the united states education system we all saw photos of like the civil rights yeah. fights that happened and they're all in black and white and we've all seen photos of like the dogs and the fire and like hoses lynch and, mobs the, yeah and like, the lynch mobs yeah. so like those, those to me feel like those images like it yeah. feels yeah. like oh this is awful they, it's like a striking they, they're killing black people they're killing yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah yeah well and then we, we talked we talked when we were watching it about how like there's this you know Barbara is up but the, our, our, our erstwhile second lead is mm-hmm. like obviously like in shock mm-hmm. but there's all these scenes when ben, ben does straight up deck her at one <laughs> <Yeah>. point <laughs> He, 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 she, she slaps him and he just goes and he cold yeah. cocks her unconscious yeah. um, and she has a bruise the whole rest of the movie and it, it does not hold up but yeah. um, so <laughs> but it is nice to see consistency in makeup in 1968 <laughs> um, but so no but like when Ben shows up at the house mm-hmm. like there's this subtext that I think people in the 60s or 70s saw of like if you're a lone white woman in the house and a black guy shows up mm-hmm. like she's terrified of Ben mm-hmm. and, uh, 
And now... You, but the movie doesn't explicitly say no. that, but it's definitely and, there. And if you watch it with modern eyes, you're like, well, she's just, you know, she doesn't know if he's a zombie or whatever. Ooh, and like sure. her whole world's yeah. turned upside down and her brother's yeah. dead or maybe she's not in dead. She's shock. Yeah. yeah. But it really does come off as like, you know, guess who's coming to dinner sort of style. Mm-hmm. And, it, and and there's a whole, there's, even with the white guy downstairs that like, you know, is sort of challenging Ben's authority. Mm-hmm. And like Ben just not being willing to sort of bend the knee to this guy. It's like, mm-hmm. I'm the boss up here. <laughs> yeah. You can yeah. be the boss down there. Yeah. Yeah. Which is sort of, I mean, it seems like he's like, listen, if I'm about to die, the last thing I'm going to do is go out with some white guy telling me what to do. Like, it's right. just like, especially it, that guy who's like, <laughs> hey, let's go down there where we're all going to die for yeah. sure. Yeah. yeah. Sachs during the movie asked a great question where he was like, we're just talking about like the, like that social commentary of the movie. And Sachs, you were like, what's the equivalent today? Yeah. And I said, there, there, there isn't, but there can be certain equivalencies if the thing is, is that you would have to set up the Barbara stand-in character today to be somebody who is somehow bigoted and you have to set that up somehow and then you have to have the character, the person who represents what she's bigoted bigoted against show up. Whether it's like, today would be like, oh, Barbara is now going to be like a Trump supporter and then the zombie thing happens and then like a Mexican guy shows up, you know, like, but you would have to give that context, I feel like. Um, So, well, which brings up a really interesting deeply malapropismed fact that I'm going to... I'm going to murder a fact and okay. I'm going to ring it out here over this microphone. Okay. Um, there's a, a, a study that I cannot quote um, that essentially said that like during... Um, I think it's when Democrats are in power, mm-hmm. like vampire films are very popular and when Republicans are in power... Um, zombie films are very popular That's or the reverse so but it's interesting like, but it's like the idea that like the horde of people mm-hmm. you know like it's the fucking migrant caravan is mm-hmm. the threat during a certain political genre mm-hmm. and then during a different political genre it's like lone powerful mm-hmm. like sort of you know manipulative figures that's very interesting um, and so I, I do think that like yeah it if there is not a Trump supporter dealing with hordes of people who may as well be, you know, Mexicans, mm-hmm. um, but are the dead uh, movie not in the in progress now, I'd be very fucking surprised. <laughs> well, <laughs> Keller, you brought up that uh, that Damon Lindelof wrote that movie and then it got canceled because the president the complained about something. It. The yeah. hunted or Without, the hunt. Like he didn't read the synopsis. He saw something right, on of Fox course, News because Fox about News it. was complaining about it because mm-hmm. it was about it was like a rich satire Democrat people hunting deplorables. But that, yeah. but you know, but it's more than that, and that's was it. Yeah, and now I really want to watch and that. Now movie. it got made. Yeah, it's a movie that full on I think exists. It, I think it'll and come out. Real and I eventually got to see the interview. Remember, yeah, when Matt was all, canceled. Yeah, yeah. And and then when I saw it, I was like, eh. It like, was okay. All that build up, and you're like, yeah, okay. A, a friend of mine did a movie, and it's like one of those one of those things where it's like, you know, obviously you can sort. And I'm not gonna name him or the movie just for his own you know security but i mean he's he's a he's a very sort of like um conscientious and aware guy mm-hmm. but it's a movie called i think it's like to the effect of the gay by dawn and it was like i think he did a mm. short in college where it's like a bunch of kids go into the wilderness and then like there's a bunch of things out there they're gonna make you gay which is sort of like a like a, awesome. a like a heterosexual panic film yeah, yeah, yeah and it's it's you know the things that make you gay are like a little bit corny and exploitive but mm-hmm. like the idea of the truth and you know it's a real sort of like plays on that sort of like shitty fear of people yep. that like, you yep. know, if they see a dick, they're going to be gay. Like better not have a gay guy near me or who knows what could happen. Yeah. Like, like, and that, like that, that, that is a really, and like those movies are really powerful and horror mm-hmm. has often been a place to sort of explore that, like the mm-hmm. fear of othered people. Mm-hmm. Um, and, uh, you know, there's a sort of, you know, you, you name a horror genre and they can sort of apply to identities that are, 
under attack. Yeah. And, and, yeah. you know, and a, a good way to sort of explore what it's like to either be under that attack or be the attacker and like be wrong or judged or, or, mm-hmm. you know, is, is this sort of way of doing it. And, and I think that, um, you know, much like the X-Men are every marginalized sure. people, depending on when you look at them, sure. I think zombies can stand in for yeah. so many people that like are considered second class or for sure. Or for sure. Uh, yeah. I know that, Watching this, that it was 1968, and it's a horror movie, and it kind of addresses race. It's about race. There's something in there about that. And in 2017, Get Out, I feel like like was the was the best modern example of that, and that it's still relevant, and it could still happen. And Us came out a year, two years later, or even like last George year. Romero used yeah. zombies again as yeah. another metaphor in Dawn of the Dead as mm-hmm. consumerism mm-hmm. metaphor. Yeah, and then in um, City of the Dead or whatever that like let the, one of his last um, mm-hmm. of the Dead series, it's like classism. You mm-hmm. know what I mean, it's a, that's yeah. great. Well, what's what's interesting too is <laughs> sadly. Um, uh, racism always plays like, yeah. like you know, like yep. you know, you can always racism can always be scary because there's ne- it never feels too like dated. It's, it's, it's hard never far fetched. It, it's hard to be too cartoony with your racism. Right. Where people are like, I just don't buy. Especially it. now. So so yeah. the other day, Keller and I started and I finished. We were watching the Book of Eli, mm-hmm. and uh, and and that movie is post apocalyptic, and it kind of tells you there was sort of a war, probably nuclear. Mm-hmm. And there's hints like, oh, the wars, some people say that they were probably fought over holy text or just mm-hmm. religion or whatever, whatever. And there's so much, there's so much, there's so much like shown or implied violence against women. And it's a very like dudes are in control society with like Gary Oldman's character. And mm-hmm. he's got like, you know, like uh, not a, like a concubine wife, but he has, but he has like a blind wife that he can mm-hmm. kind of like control and her daughter and all this other stuff. And in 2010, I think that maybe that stuff was a little bit tough to swallow, but looking at that movie in like a post 2016 lens and a post Trump, yeah, it like at a a post Trump or post Brexit world, if you picture that the apocalypse happened then and that's kind of and that kind of kept going, I think it makes the movie better. Like it makes it more believable, is what I'm saying. We're like, yeah, of course there would be like these roving gangs of motorcycle people Mm -hmm. that just go and like rape and kill dudes and rape women, and you know, whereas again in 2010 you're like. That's not going to happen. It's Obama time now. Yeah, that's yeah. not. <laughs> well, and that's, you know, it, uh, it's very interesting to sort of look at the Mad Max genre where like the, mm-hmm. I mean, all the early Mad Max, like women are treated like fucking meat and it's yep. not good. Yep. Um, and like, especially the first Mad Max, like the one that it, the, the movie itself isn't that good, but mm-hmm. it was like, it is like, you know, very like low rent, but it was also one of these movies that sort of it created a genre. There's a naked concept. lady playing a saxophone. Um, I mean, in the first Mad Max? Yeah. Great. Yeah. But actually, his think, wife? Yeah. I think Mad Max 2 <laughs> deserves to be on this list for the same reason that, yeah. um, that this does. That. Because Mad Max 2 creates the post apocalyptic genre. Not Mad yep. Max 1, yep. but 2. Um, and obviously Beyond Thunderdome and so on. But like then you get like the later, the last Mad Max film where you're like, it's really about like, hey, mm-hmm. a Morton Joe having a mm-hmm. bunch of fucking women like sex slaves is bad. Mm-hmm. Like, and they were that's tired the of it. the plot of the fucking movie. Yep. You know, like, uh, and now they're not going to take it anymore. You you know, and we yeah. gave one of them a robot arm, so it's gonna fucking we lost. <laughs> what are you gonna do? Um, <laughs> it, it's badass. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. Um, so it's it's like, and that's great. Like I I love that I love that movies evolve to sort of tell a story, and that's also I think to some extent something where like um, 
uh, I much like stand up and whatnot, and I don't want to fucking go all Joker yeah. director here, but like yeah. it's good when movies can push those boundaries. And if you watch um, Night of the Living Dead and it like really impacts you because of its racial subtext, mm-hmm. good, great, like that is doing its job. Like so, I was know. I was saying earlier, you know, I think that to me, Night of the Living Dead, this movie specifically. Here's my overall thoughts, and then Keller will mm-hmm. will we'll get your thoughts on it too. But like. I think that this movie is great. I don't ever need to watch it again. Mm-hmm. Do you know what I mean? I'm like, it, it, this it, is it, like my third time yeah. in five years. Yeah, I'm yeah. okay. You're good. I'm. I'm. Now, I did buy it, and I yeah. will eventually yeah. watch it again. Here's what I would like, rather. This is a good Halloween movie. Yes. This is a good throw it on in the background at a Halloween party Absolutely. movie and while the monster mash is playing. Just get, the version guys, you got. Don't play the monster. Has mash. got special features on it, right? Special features. So I'd check those out, out and walls. I and I would still read more about the film, and I'm interested more in like the making of versus the movie itself. But I will say that I think for me, I think the movie will be, if it will be again impactful, it will be most impactful if I show it to like a kid or a person who's never seen it, but especially a young person because it's scary and it's violent, but it's still 1968 violent. Mm-hmm. And the most violent thing is at the end, the little girl is stabbing her mom. Is that the most violent yeah. thing? Yeah. What about when they're eating goats? Pretty good. Pretty mm-hmm. violent. But it's, so I think gnarly. it's, if you, if you show like, I don't know, seven, eight, nine year old kid, this movie, maybe even a little younger. And if they get creeped, you just go, that's not real. That's fake. And they go, oh, <laughs> you know, or whatever. Like, I think that this movie could be its most impactful to sort of get you at a young age into horror Actually and then scared. go from there. It's tough to watch this after you've seen the Shauns of the Dead. Oh, yeah. and, you know what I mean? It's, it's, it, it becomes more history class. But I think it's, yeah. it would be its most impactful to show young people. Yeah, and, and it like you know it has <coughs> comparatively tame nudity and some, mm-hmm. and it has that Kylo Ren zombie that's in every other scene. Um, but Just big shirtless buff guy. <laughs> yeah, um, but it's it's a uh, it is. I think it's like it's it's scary too, and I in a really interesting way. And I kind of feel like it's a good way too to sort of create young horror fans. Exactly, that's ways. what I'm saying. That's yeah. what I'm saying. Yeah, because um, they can kind of get into the genre and like that like tension is really interesting. And the do it yourselfish <coughs> like mm-hmm. oh shit. Hey, I could do that. Yeah, mm-hmm. I could make well, something stupid. That's the thing too is if you like cool horror heroes who like put you know like sort of Ash uh, from Army of Darkness yeah. sort of style like who make it happen. Ben in 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 every incarnation of him in this movie and the 1990 adaptation is just absolutely he's just yeah he's like an untrained fucking worker just, but and so he competent just, and like smart. Just like, yep. We have to. I'm, she, he's. You were saying he's so calming, like he's Mm -hmm. almost like a Sesame Street character at one Mm -hmm. point. Just the way he's talking to her, and it's like, "Listen to me, you're going to be fine. I need to go board up the wind." Yeah, you're like, "Okay, great." And he builds torches, and he puts Mm -hmm. things together, and like, and you know, starts a fire, lights a chair on fire, and he doesn't. I mean, he's afraid, but he's not afraid enough. Like, if he has to run out and fight zombies, he'll do it because I know you're afraid. I'm Mm -hmm. afraid too. Yeah, and he's great. He's fucking great. Great, and he and he gets done dirty by the other like humans in the movie, and like that's really interesting. But like, yeah, yeah, and like you know, um, back when uh, um, uh, League of Extraordinary Gentlemen. Came oh, out. oh! One I, of the thing, I did not think one that of the was great. the thing you were okay. about to say. Not, not the movie, but the book, <laughs> the, 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 the comic graphic novel, okay. the comic. Okay. Um, interesting side note. Well, in a second. Um, but uh, my friends and I, there's like a great scene in, in that comic where like they're sitting in the study of like the league, mm-hmm. and behind them are all these paintings of former leagues, and mm-hmm. they have all these like literary character mashups, some of which you've never heard of before, including a character I'd never heard of before called Doctor Sachs. Very cool. Oh. Um, and they're all real literary, they're all real literary characters. Um, so, do you know the premise of this comic book, Keller? Yeah. Okay. 
Because the movie, because everybody, yeah. Yeah, okay. So yeah, my yeah, friends yeah. and I would often say, "What is Captain the Nemo, what is the equivalent sword. in oh. like insert genre?" So it's like if you had a bunch of horror movie characters who could come together, like I a sort it. of you know, it's already the Universal uh, yeah. Monsters. Well, I love it. No. that's the other way. But like if you had like the a bunch heroes. of like yeah, Not like the bad guys, monster the killers so like who come Van together to Helsing. fight a monster, mm-hmm. and like I think an underappreciated pick because you kind of just think of the movie for its zombies mm-hmm. is Ben. Ben's a great pick. Like he's really ver- yeah. and you can just believe that you throw Ben into any situation, he's gonna figure it. Out, you know I mean? want to see him versus werewolves. I want yeah. to see him versus vampires. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and like you know, and yeah. as long as he doesn't get that whole like you know I'm getting too old for this shit sort of mentality where you're like oh and more shit happening to Ben. Like as yeah. long as as long as he just sort of continues to have that sort of like I don't want to be here but I can sort this shit out mm-hmm. and like in my rules up here sort of mentality. It's really interesting. Ben's just a very cool character in that sense. Yeah, and, and also dealing send, with the send, people uh, send the him. podcast your fantasy rosters. Oh for, yeah. Uh, well, leagues. if well I'll tell you what to kind of make it simple. Let's kind of combine that with that Mount Rushmore idea. So mm-hmm. pick four. Is mm-hmm. what is what we're doing? Like, okay. right? Pick four. So the pick, the the four pick for, for example, the monster sort of, killer. The monster killer. Or, I want to know, but so it, it's here's Ash here's, from Evil Dead is one of them. He's there. Mm-hmm. Ash Campbell, Ben from Night of the Living Dead. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, are you gonna go like? You've no, got to pick a final girl. Yeah, at least. But so so, it's so, the, a. so the thing is, is in this world. Could you put in? Um, it's got to be Laurie Strode from Halloween. Yeah, Laurie Strode's got to be, got to uh, be. Especially she's all time late, now. Late, late Halloween. Yeah, yeah, like yeah. Old new, Laurie Strode. New Halloween. Yeah, yeah. Where um, she sets all the traps. Yeah, but could you put Ripley in this list? Probably because it's in I, the genre. But it's like yeah. you. But then let's you, do a sci-fi one the, and yeah. bring right, in Linda right. Hamilton. Yeah. So just the sort of like monster killer thing. Mm-hmm. We have those. I have those three as my pick. I got Laurie, Ben, Ash. Campbell. I want to say Ash Ketchum, but that's Pokemon. No, no, that's a different I, yeah. thing. Ash Ketchum, too. Who's, who's the fourth Ash one? <laughs> Pikachu! I'll get you, <laughs> Dracula, I pick you! <laughs> now, who who would the fourth one be, Keller? What do you think? For this kind of... So, so mm-hmm. like, maybe another zombie movie. Would you put Sean? Like, yeah. Simon Pegg, Sean? The question is, like, he's just sort of, like falls bass backwards through success you know what i mean sure, in many sure, ways sure, in sure. many ways ed is the sort of hero of that we need film, to find but he's somebody a, uh, a little more serious more competent more competent so you could also yeah. do like um when we were doing this oh, uh, a, a valid about, choice uh, though not necessarily Kurt mine Russell would be from the, thing. the monster squad like you could mm. put like the fourth head could be all those kids <laughs> the monster squad. you know what i mean that'd be like, good or, i like or, keller's pick you got kurt russell from the thing the, the thing, thing would be good mm-hmm. So here's here's another one because I was trying to come up with an example, but then we already just listed them. But uh, what would Jackman from Van Helsing? There you go. What would no? It would be Kate Beckinsale from Van Helsing. Yeah. No, um, the Brothers Grimm. What would be the four for the spy action League of Extraordinary Gentlemen? Ethan Hunt. Ethan Hunt from I love how you went Ethan Hunt before Bond. I Fuck love James that. Bond. So we got Ethan Hunt from Mission Impossible. Uh, Arnold Tom Schwarzenegger Cruise. from Total from uh, True, True Lies. Lies. Arnold, <laughs> Arnold from True Lies. You got to put. But Arnold's I'm also putting... playing like every single one of his characters, kind of at the <laughs> same time. No. no, Arnold represents so many genres, but especially the True Lies is, I guess, that yeah. genre. The third one I got to go Jason Bourne. Jason Bourne. And the fourth one, I got to put Bond. I have to put. I'm well, going to put Daniel Craig put Bond. Bond. So those are my those are my four. Like, so here's the a, so this is like you want to go to like like 202 class on this. Let's do it. It's a team. They have to work together. Yeah. So it's to, not like the icons. A... So do you drop Bond and put in Q? So now you have no. now you're respecting that movie. Melissa McCarthy from Spy. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. Uh, the entire That's cast great. of the Spy who dumped me. No. Um, yeah. uh, so but like you can sort of Austin switch them out. Powers. <laughs> True. You can pick any character. 
character. So like yeah, Watson great. from Sherlock is comes yeah. in on the detective yeah. team. That's, yeah. that's fun. Because Sherlock's dead. And and it's it's fun too if you can from if you can stake it to a time. So you're like, okay, so this all takes place in the nineties. So, so now who, this character's yeah. this old, this character's not. This or it would be new, the or, Pierce Brosnan Bond. Yeah, or you know, whatever, yeah, yeah, whatever. Okay, then I'm out. Okay. Alan Moore, he had he was onto something with that whole idea. Also he thinks he's a wizard. All right, so you your your take on the movie. Yeah, overall thoughts, Keller. Um, Night of the Living Dead. More wizards. <laughs> Needs more wizards. Uh, it's great. And I guess I do see the horror lesson aspect you were saying, but I think Which one? it holds. Oh, like you mean like the history like, it class? Feels like a sure, history sure, sure. Class. Yeah. sure. It does but, hold up. Don't get me wrong. But I'm just saying that like it holds up, I think, to. If you get past the obvious dated bad acting. Yes. And, like, and I just watch some of the weird way effects. too many fucking movies. I watch a ton of movies. True. You know, and, you and watch so, a ton of movies. So I am. I am uh, this is so pretentious. I'm a student. A film? No, that's <laughs> barf. That's the worst. But Fuck I, off. I watched. I put too many things in my eyeballs. If you ever say that again, I'm going to stop doing this. Podcast Thank you, with please, you. please I'll stop doing this. Podcast my replacement should be Danny Fernandez. That's who should do it. No, I have to. She's we'll have so to good. cancel the podcast. <laughs> no, don't do that. Uh, we'll have to kill you gotta, your child. You got to keep it. This getting is your paid, child, but... and we'll have to. That's yeah, a good have point. Have to keep getting paid <laughs> all this money. I'm kidding. Um, no, keep going with your overall thoughts, Keller. You're saying it does hold up, and it I agree. holds up, and it does deserve to be higher on the list, mm-hmm. considering, like, even tropes that are set up for zombie movies are used in other horror movies. Er, yep. And it has, I don't know, no genre has like, no genre is so subversive as horror is. True. Mm-hmm. Like no, nothing else True. can sneak something in mm-hmm. so effectively mm-hmm. as a horror movie can. Yeah, I just saw a movie recently called The Perfection, which is like mm. this like girl trying it, like it's it's what it, the movie repeats re- repeats itself four times, and each time you have a different perspective on what happened. Oh, cool! And it 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 seems to be this girl who's like jealous of a violin um, virtuoso or a, oh, like a fuck. I forget the. Oh, instrument. is that the one with Alison Williams? I don't know. Hmm. Um, Wait, Allison Williams. It's on Netflix. Yeah, I think so. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Wait, who's um, Allison Williams? She's uh, from Get Out. Yeah. Yeah. Oh. And so, and basically, like, you think she's going there to like kill this rival, and then it's much more complex than that. Cool. And it's really interesting, and it obviously it has a lot to say, and it's just really, it's really. I mean, again, it's not for everybody, and you kind of have to like a lot of weird, like, like high end horror, but it's good. Mm-hmm. It's but and good. you're bringing this up because because Keller was sort of talking about how horror can subvert yeah. stuff. Yeah. Yeah. Horror, for horror sure. can very can all, and also um, uh, horror can subvert itself. You yes. Know what I mean? Scream. Um, oh, yeah. so good. And I, I'll say this too. It really, I think, it took for me to watch Get Out like two, three times for me to really fall in love with the movie, and I think it opened up my brain too because I always knew that horror as a genre could be very political and have lots of messaging and you not just be sort of surface level and kind of like unbelievable and, 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 you know, extreme and, and, and scary mm-hmm. and whatever. So it took, it, I think it, for but me, it can be effectively mind blowing also. That's what I'm saying. But my mind, I think sort of refused to be blown until I saw get out. And then I, I that to me, I think kind of unlocked a piece of my brain where I was like, good. Yes. Bring on more of this, you know, bring on more horror. And then I could see the messaging, I think better, in horror movies, even if I had seen them before, so I, I, I'm gonna I'm gonna give Get Out a lot of credit for doing that for me. So yeah, it should yeah. be higher on yeah, the list than this should. <laughs> but, uh, but it's but it's not on there because mm-hmm. it just came out. Um, so speaking of the list, I think we did it. We had it was a great combo about Night of the Living Dead. Great movie. Highly recommend you revisit yep. it if Guys, you didn't watch it. Keller and I watched it last year when we did Dawn of the Dead. Yeah, and Night of the Living Dead's way better. Mm-hmm. It know? is way better. Sorry, Dawn of Sorry. the Dead's. 
fine. Not mm-hmm. my favorite. I don't like it. I'm never watching that movie again. Same, bro. Don't eat it. <laughs> but speaking of the I list, now threw up. now we get to the point where yeah, dude, because I can't lie. <laughs> 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 knives I, out. I didn't like knives out. <laughs> <laughs> Just kidding. I liked it. That's why I barfed. Um, don't get it. We get to the point in the show where we're going to ask our guest, Sax Carr, to provide any movie ever, ever to add to our brand spanking new list of the 500 greatest movies ever with all of our great guests pick. Oh, I mean, mm-hmm. just last week, Naeem Stewart picked Black Panther. It fin- mm-hmm. Like, it's classic. awesome. It's awesome. No, uh, new classic, I guess. New classic. New classic. So, Sax, mm-hmm. what movie would you like to add to the brand new list? So, um... I always try to sort of replace my, like, uh, in my mind, this list sort of is a concurrent list. Then it's like you have the first 500 and the second 500 right, that right, just right. sort of complement each other. Yeah. But also, I always feel like I sort of had to replace this. Because you the, replaced X2 with like Winter Soldier. Yeah, yeah. And then what was the other one we talked about? Uh, Brick with Kiss Kiss Bang Bang, which Brick, is another genre yeah. Uh, yeah. sort of twist. That's like so, a snappy noir. Yeah, love it. One, because I think um, it's a good replacement for this in terms of putting a zombie film on the list, but also Ooh, because I oh think it, it is be? the sort of uh, really penultimate sort of uh, commentary on the zombie genre and also what it can mean, I think uh, Shaun of the Dead. Because oh. it's one of my absolute favorite films. I love it. Um, uh, obviously, it just really just sort of spoke to me and it's so brilliant and beautiful and interesting, but also it's a really great sort of exploration of the zombie genre and of course of like so many other things as is you know that the that trios want yeah um, but I, I do How think mundane that, our you know, lives are yeah but I think I think <laughs> if you were gonna make if you're gonna make a line, I think 28 Days Later came out way before this. So, like, if you yeah. were going to make a line from, like, the beginning to the end of, like, the genre, the, the zombie genre, mm-hmm. it would start with Night of the Living Dead and end with Shaun of the Dead. I agree. And then you'd cross through a lot of really cool stuff in between, including crazy Italian ones where the zombies have <laughs> machine guns. But, uh, but it would, but, like, the, the, that's a good way to start and end it. Yeah. And I don't know that I feel like... Anything I'm, made sense doesn't count. <laughs> Sorry, <laughs> Zombieland 2, double tap. Certainly none of the Zombielands count. Yeah. Um, they're yeah. very derivative. But, I used to, I really liked the first Zombieland when it came out. Used yeah. to like and, it. Yeah, and I just, re- mm-hmm. because I thought it was like, I'm like, oh, this is American Shaun of the Dead. It's not. <laughs> I just rewatched it and I'm like, oh, I think it's kind of misogynistic. There's there's some real interesting I'm views. And I just mm-hmm. Yeah, I'm also, a nice guy. Views on women and stuff. Also, it's um, uh, Screaming, not the not the act, but like like making the movie scream equivalent of mm-hmm. a movie mm-hmm. is like a privilege. You can't like so like yeah. Zombieland is like here's my rules for zombies, and you're like, dude, yeah. you can't do that and not be the best one. Like yeah. you have, you have to and be ready to hold this to, shit up, and it just to, doesn't do it. To those filmmakers' credit, I think they also went on to do Deadpool. Yeah. I think or write Deadpool, yeah. and for Deadpool, I think they did that. I think they did the scream version of superheroes, and I think they nailed it. Now there's still some mm-hmm. there's some some iffy stuff in the Deadpool movies. Don't get me wrong; I'm not saying they're perfect, but mm-hmm. I think that that in, first that, 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 that intention <laughs> is yeah. uh, was I think much stronger, yeah. um, like executed in in the Deadpool movies. So um, so so the, the TV series The Walking Dead isn't the end for you either. No, no, and no. I think I think the first season of Walking Dead is certainly very good. Yeah. Um, but I in, in part in most parts. All the way up until they get to the CDC is a really strong run for that series. Mm-hmm. Um, but I do think that like it, it, it's the wrong kind of. It's not the wrong kind. It's good, good. If you like, it, it's good. The comic's certainly fantastic. Yeah. But the show is very much like sort of um, 
like it's just it's just an expression of it's like you've put you've put the whole oeuvre in a machine and like mm-hmm. exported out like you know like digestible chunks of it it's mm-hmm. not the same it doesn't push it really the only thing that the walking dead does really good is the sort of <laughs> twist of the walking dead being that the walking dead are the survivors like they're they're already right. dead they're the walking dead right. they're, they're they're not the, they're not the walkers they're the um, yeah. that's an interesting sort of way of seeing it but I will say if there's one movie that I wish could be in this timeline if mm. we're going to draw it from one point to the other it's Train to Busan which is mm. it's either Train to Busan or Last Train that's to Busan that's allowed to be on it um, yeah but when did that come out before or like after Shaun a couple of Dead. years ago uh, so it's like it's it's and it's throw it on the timeline <laughs> yeah, okay. the timeline can be never ending <laughs> yeah. movies have been it's, around it's for a hundred years it's sort of years. like a fish hook where it goes all the way up to yeah. this and then bounces back to Shaun <laughs> it's Dead. just like a sci-fi as a fish hook where it's like it goes mm-hmm. all the way up to like new Star Trek shit but really it ends at Galaxy Quest <laughs> Back in 1999, yeah. like it, well, let's think about it as a line graph. Yeah, Shaun of the Dead's a high point, and then it <laughs> drops for a while, and then comes back up. Train yeah. to Busan, yeah. but um, but like that's not you know, Shaun of the Dead, Galaxy Quest, mm-hmm. both comedies, which is unusual, mm-hmm. but like I think are good examples of what are what, what what has been termed perfect movies. Agreed, a movie that is perfect to itself, like it, it completes the it fills in the box it sets for itself exactly right. Yeah, and those are really good ways to end a genre, not end a genre, but like sort yeah. of cap a genre. Yeah, you know what I mean, I think. Uh, Another great example would be Life of Brian and all Jesus movies. And all Jesus movies. Um, oh my God, Dewey Cox should have been the end all for biopics, but we kept making them, and they just kept. Yeah, you know, Bohemian Rhapsody came out. And yeah, it's like, guys, has nobody seen Walk Hard? And and here's how what I love. How, like, here's what I love about at least the first couple, and I really liked. Um, I think Skyfall was wonderful, but the but the Daniel Craig Bond movies, the producers talked about how do you make Bond in a post-Austin Powers world. I like that they at least mm-hmm. acknowledge it. The same with J.J. Abrams and people doing Star Trek in 2009. Mm-hmm. They said, how do you do this in a post-Galaxy Quest world yeah. to try, you know? So I think you have to be aware of that shit. I mean, now filmmakers are trying to make their movies like honest trailer proof mm-hmm. which is like maybe you're going a little too far but at yeah. least the intention of like how is pop culture going to perceive this and how do we how do we mm-hmm. buck some of those trends and how do we you know like subvert people's expectations a little bit right. so that it's not the most predictable movie that comes out and when you fit in one of those very specific genres whether mm-hmm. you're a bond movie or a star wars movie or whatever yeah. you got a lot of rules you're gonna have to find creative like workarounds so that you know so that you're fine so well, but so, Shaun well, of the dead well, is just uh I will, say, I will say of that, to caution future generations who clearly have this podcast alone to create their cinema. <laughs> it's um, all that's left of the uh, dying You know, world. someone said, like, you know, uh, like, too much of anything will kill you. And then, then the reference, the response to that is, of course, it's right there in the word, too too much. Yeah. Anything done too much will is bad. Yeah. And I think subverting expectations done too much is bad. Yeah. It can certainly be said that, like, Game of Thrones ends so poorly because the, the writers and producers were so obsessed with not ending it the way or, like, not... Sure. Not not answer you know ticking off any boxes for people. There's so much to be said. But like sometimes stuff, the story is the story. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. And it's just like you got to tell the story. It is. There are a lot of movies that like well, Knives Out's a great example. There are mm-hmm. a lot of movies I like this year that were like little twists on things, mm-hmm. but they just they still ended the way that they still they still and it was still true yeah, to it. They still genre. had a beginning, middle, yeah, like, end. You know, if it was a fairy tale, out, it was still like, yeah. The, the new Mission Impossible movie, well mm-hmm. the first movie, the first Mission Impossible movie in '95 with Tom Cruise, I think tried Don't to trash subvert, talk it. Man. I'm gonna trash oh. talk it. It tried to subvert it a little too much. Yeah, with all the twisty. You know, yeah. like like betrayals, too many, masks. Yeah. too many masks, too many, and I think the the more recent ones have just been really fucking solid action yep. movies, 
And there's something to that. I agree, Sax. Yeah, I agree. Yeah. You can't. You, so just be careful. Be careful, future filmmakers who are using this as their mm-hmm. only class. Not everything is Spider Verse. You know, <laughs> yeah. you can't. You can't Spider Verse every pop property to try to like reignite it. And you know. Yeah. I want to see the person who grows up. <laughs> In Me too. a bubble with only the movies that we watch in this podcast, <laughs> and then it's like make a movie, bro. So the first and movie they the, ever see is Ocean's Eleven. First the second movie, movie they, they ever see is see. Saw. Yeah, this is the most fucked up human I've yeah. ever met. I don't yeah. want to meet this They're person. Starting at twelve dude, years dude, old. They, uh, the obvious solve is just to watch Ocean's Eleven twice and then yeah. move on to the yeah. list. No. Yeah. Um, wow. And then they have to get through all ten years of this. Yeah. And then they and have to and make a 22. movie. And at 22, 22 years old, they make their first movie. Yeah, is based it, if, on our opinions of what movies should be. If there's a micro the genre they've seen. that yeah. needs to be capped off yeah. right now, it is the Ocean series. Mm-hmm. Like I loved Ocean's Eight, yeah, Ocean's sure. Eight, um, and I loved Ocean's Eleven. Mm-hmm. Everything in between is kind of not great. I would love if Ocean's Nine, like, just sort of like like staples that one shut. Yeah, like, that's it. We be did an it. Ocean's cool. Nine. I mean, uh, inevitably, uh, maybe it'll be I their mean, kids. That's my, my that's my pitch for it, by the way. Oh, that, oh, baby yeah. Ocean. Or or it's a flashback to when the the Ocean brother and sister were young. Oh yeah. Or it's a flashback to when everybody lives in the ocean <laughs> and it's pre-evolution. Wow. And have to do a heist. We're all single-celled organisms. <laughs> yeah. Or they're lizards crawling out of the ocean. Yeah. Somehow the George Clooney single-celled organism is still super handsome. Exactly. Like, I don't it know called that. salt and peppered lizard? It would be called Ocean's Eleven Vertebrae on their spine, which allows them to crawl on the sand. <laughs> and that's what they... Yeah. Right, I'll, stop, I'll stop re-ending the show. No, no, no. That's great. Like Ocean's... That. I think the next one should be... Okay, so they did... 11, 12, 13, and then mm-hmm. they did 8. I think the next one should be 14, hear me out, mm-hmm. where it is as much of the original crew and 8 as you mm-hmm. can put together in one Avengers-style movie mm-hmm. where it's where it's um, not Clooney because his character's dead, mm-hmm. but like Sandra Bullock and Brad Pitt and Matt Damon mm-hmm. and Kate Blanchett are like the, the sort of four leads, and then you bring everybody who's their mm-hmm. character still alive, and yeah. they do one last heist. And then that's it. Cap it there. Mm-hmm. That would be good. But then at the end, it would have to end with like. But then there'd have to be the spoof. The spoof. We have to have the spoof of the heist not another movie. oceans movie. But also, <laughs> Ocean's Eleven. Ocean's Eleven is already kind of like the it subversion is. of it all is. heist yes. movies. But it's also like a solid heist movie. Yes. Exactly. Also, the original Ocean's Eleven, the like Rat yeah. Pack based yeah. Ocean's Eleven, has a dance number in it. <gasps> and honestly, that's what this one's missing. Is <laughs> yeah. Making Brad Pitt I mean, and like, George like Clooney fucking on, dance. A full on orchestra, like and like basically they go to a junkyard and they mm-hmm. dance on the cars and like the music is playing from nowhere. I gotta it's watch not, that movie. It's not like a sort of you know in media. Red, not in a mm-hmm. media res, what's that what's that genre where all the music has to be played live in the scene oh i don't know um, like that di- it's uh, diegetic rob yeah, yeah that, that's the genre <laughs> um no, it's not yeah it's not even diegetic it is just it is just literally like yeah all oh, of dianetics sudden, <laughs> dianetics <laughs> kegels yeah, sammy davis jr turns the camera starts singing <laughs> yeah. a song happens goes back to the highest movie awesome. nobody talks about it honestly awesome. should be in every movie closest we got is in the first oceans 11 movie they all just look at a fountain as claire de lune plays that's the closest <laughs> yeah. we got yep yeah all right so um Shaun of the Dead is mm-hmm. a perfect film. Mm-hmm. It is so good. And I'm glad it's on the list, man. It deserves to be on the new list. And I'm sure that it's on the movie. It's on the original list I think somewhere, it right? I sure definitely is. I think it, it has it to be. It definitely is. I think it has a decent write-up. This even. is a British magazine. It has to be. Oh, yeah. British people love let me t- dead people. Let me tell you when what number it is, because I want to know, just for our listeners and for myself. Shall... Wait. Oh, it's A-U... Wait, it's not Sh- on here. Oh. It you just passed down there. Where? Shaun of oh, the Dead. There it is. Shaun of the Dead's number two thirty-one on the list. Oh wow. Two thirty-one. I would have put it higher too. Yeah, yeah, I oh, yeah, think. For sure. But two thirty-one is still pretty. Oh, that's that, 
pretty right damn middle. high. That's in yeah. the top half. I'm going to stick with it because years. I don't want to, like, you know, I don't want to... Uh, no, I'm glad. No, stick yeah, with it. Don't change good. it. Stay on the list. Because that's... Uh, Shaun of the Dead is what we're saying is it's in Empire's list as well as now it's it in our, on our list. Our list. Right, belongs good. on our list as well, which is great. Sax, thank you so much for being no, on the show tonight, man. Thank you so damn much. This was illuminating, entertaining. See in a year. And a little erotic, I'll be honest. Quite a bit, mm-hmm. honestly. Mm-hmm. That Kylo Ren zombie really got me going. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> yeah see you in a year. We're going we're gonna to pencil you in for the next one. Um, in the meantime, Keller, what movie are we watching next week, and who's our guest going to be? We're watching uh, maybe our longest titled movie so far, Ooh. The Assassination of Jesse James by the coward Robert Ford mm. with Zach Eubank. Oh, I can't wait. He loves this movie. I do, too. I um, own this movie. Don't worry. We're good. You good? You good? Good, because they sent me a disc of Friends in Netflix. I'm going to watch that. Let's watch that instead, honestly. You got it. Three season hours nine, of Friends instead of three nine, hours of this one. Western movie. Uh, the Assassination of Jesse James by the Coward Robert Ford came out in 07, and it is streamable on Max Go, which I guess is like Cinemax, their mm-hmm. app or whatever. So it's on there, as well as Cinemax Amazon, whatever Guys that is. buy it. It's just the, the oh, yeah, Cinemax we, app on Amazon. Gotcha. Yeah, the so the Cinemax app on Amazon. It's also rentable for like a buck on Amazon in HD and, and Apple movies and various places. And Guys, you find your pretentious movie friend get, and borrow from them. I think I would only get the Cinemax app <laughs> and if then it just had like those 1980s and 90s like weird like Skinamax shows. Yeah, yeah. It was like it Taxi Cab Confessions, oh, those things. Yeah, no, it was the ones where there were like, it was an actual movie and it had a plot, but for some reason all the characters took a shower and you just stayed there while they did the whole shower mm-hmm. for 10 minutes mm-hmm. and then you went back into the plot. Mm-hmm. Um, the sort of like pseudo. That, that genre definitely died when the internet happened, right? Oh, yeah. I feel like, oh, yeah. yeah, okay, 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 okay. That's yeah. great. Um, yeah, so Zach Eubank is going to be our guest next week. So go watch The Assassination of Jesse James by the Coward Robert Ford. Can't wait to get into it. One of the only Westerns we'll have covered thus far, right? Yeah. Is this our first Western? I don't know if it's our first. No? What else did we do? I don't know. Whatever. If 310 to Yuma like, is not on this list, I'll be very upset. The new one or the old one? The new one. The new I one's like the new great. One a lot. Yeah. The new one's great. Mangold. James Mangold. Jimmy Mangs. Original's pretty good too, but the new one's definitely better. Um, and once again, huge thanks to Sax Carr for joining us. Sax, where can people Sachs, find you, you and follow you and your work on the internet? Anything I'm, you want to point I'm them to? barely on social media anymore because mm-hmm. it is not healthy right now. Sorry, America. <laughs> for <anybody>. um, <laughs> um, Especially for me. Um, actually, just, you know, like, honestly, uh, I would just, uh, I, I'm a producer, so I produce a lot of stuff, mm-hmm. and, you know, and a lot of it sort of for no credit. So watch all of TV and the internet. Nice. I made some of that. Nice. Some of it, maybe. If <laughs> you liked it probably no um and uh you can also uh i just saw parasite you make that yeah well if you liked it i liked it yes Good job. Um, hey i just saw the news last night you make that yeah but you know what what i would much rather do is plug my favorite show of all time yes. because it just got resurrected frazier like, no, mad about you the expanse they're bringing the Frasier back yeah, yeah. <laughs> shut up no they're not uh, they actually have talked about it but um yeah. no the, the expanse. expanse is my favorite is my favorite is show of all time <gasps> and it just got us its fourth season on amazon it, there it's already greenlit for a fifth season wow. i guess the rumor is that like somebody at amazon just really likes it like jeff bezos great. kids or whatever great. but it's a really great like sci heavy awesome series and i would love for the, the the crazy thing about it is for all of its success you can't buy any merch and nobody talks about it wow. so please you know uh, if you're trying to find me on the internet don't do that watch the expanse and talk to your friends about it because that'd be great i'd like great, the, the, great a pick, whole lot more great pick i also liked how we talked about star trek picard when you first showed up oh, i yeah. enjoyed it i know you enjoyed it mm-hmm. i'm looking forward to the rest of the season i haven't seen it yep. nope uh but my mom uh, loved it yeah that's mm-hmm. right. But it was also good. And if you haven't checked it out, I think it would be worth getting. Or if you want to wait, tell you what, wait 10 weeks. If you're listening to this and you're like, oh, I want to check it out, wait 10 weeks. Mm-hmm. Wait for the season to be done. Try, pay for one month of CBS All Access, watch it, and yep. then decide if you want to keep it. But 
I think it'll be worth it. I think Hector, it's good. How's your mom feel about Patrick Stewart? <sighs> I think she likes him too. Oh man. Cause your mom likes him a oh, lot. God damn. Does she like him? I'm pretty sure. Oh, you know what? I, I got a great story. Too much. Not anymore because my mom does not have a crush on Mel Gibson as of like 15 years ago, mm-hmm. but she had a big time crush on him in the nineties. And there's a movie with Mel Gibson and Patrick Stewart called Conspiracy Theory. Yes. And in that movie, Mel Gibson bites Patrick Stewart on the nose and like it kind of breaks or, you know, cuts his nose. And then he has to wear it is. And my mom (laughs) was like jealous of Patrick Stewart in 1998 that he got his nose bitten by Mel Gibson. So that's what she thinks of Patrick Stewart. I'm I'm honestly jealous of Mel Gibson. (laughs) Getting a bite Patrick Stewart right on the nose. Patrick Stewart. Yeah. I'm going to watch that movie again. Bite a night on his nose. Um, (laughs) When you guys are done with this podcast, you should do just the work of Patrick Stewart because there's a mm. lot of random shit he did. Oh, for sure. And it's Let's really just interesting. go watch a bunch of old yeah. Shakespeare. You know, he was the voice of the pirate adventure book in The Page Master. Really? He was the voice of the pirate. Yeah, I knew that. Yep, you did know that. that. Mm-hmm. When he worked Stewart's with great. Whoopi Goldberg. That's right. That's right. And that, now they're going to work together again. Oh, man. That was awesome. The worst part of that clip was that um, Megan McCain Megan stood McCain's up and there. Yeah, I'm like, get out uh, of this clip, Megan McCain. You're ruining well, so this. Also, like, whoever was sat down at the table and she's like, you can make her change that terrible uh, hair. And I'm that like, that was Joy Behar. Like, I know. Like, oh, Joy. And Patrick oh. Stewart just saved it by being like, she can wear it however the hell she wants. <laughs> like, he said that, uh, you know, on their mics under the, yeah, under the like, commotion. Joy, you look like the heat mic. Joy, what are you doing? <laughs> Joy. Yeah. <laughs> Would talk to your publicist about if, those choices. If uh, maybe that was a maybe that was a callback to a, a joke that Whoopi was in on earlier in the show, but like out of context in that clip, it's like Joy, what are you? <laughs> that is quite. Let's, let's be honest. That's probably in the low end of the racist bullshit <laughs> you said this episode alone. Um, oh, Joy, that was crazy. Um, yeah. So uh, assassination of Jesse James by the camera. <laughs> and we'll see you guys next week. Thanks again for listening. And you're the best. And goodbye. Oh my God, you're the best. And bye. Bye. <laughs> <laughs>